G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And I must say a special welcome back to 2020 to Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, welcome along. G'day Neil, good to be back again. Martin, significant things. Of course, when the Parliament is sitting, there's always developments that are happening, really, uh, by the hour. Uh, Let's quickly talk through some issues, though, because the latest Ipsos poll has Labor leading the coalition, but by nowhere near the margin that we would have seen just before Christmas. What are your thoughts on these latest developments? Well, this is a big surprise uh, to me. I didn't think that the public were listening this much to actually make up their mind and change their opinions uh, to this extent in such a short period of time. But you're right, Neil. So Fairfax Ipsos poll, the latest one, which is one of the bigger polls, um, it's a fairly reliable one, has come out at a two-party preferred of 51-49, putting the, the difference between Labor and the Coalition very, very close and putting huge momentum behind the coalition. I mean, they've come up several points very quickly from a position that most of the commentators said was completely irrecoverable. But um, two things have happened in the last couple of weeks, uh, which may have influenced this fairly stunning turnaround. Uh, One is the situation in North Queensland uh, and the Townsville region with all of the floods. Now, that has raised the Prime Minister's profile enormously. And Uh, It's made him look very good. And I mean, I don't think that's unwarranted. I think he's done a a lot of good there and handled the situation really well. And people have seen that. It's been all over TV screens. Uh, It's been everywhere. The other thing is that, uh, Neil, you said when we started that this is a sitting fortnight in Parliament, so it's on, uh, and things develop quickly and lots can change. And the most amazing thing happened last week. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, You have uh, Labor and the Coalition coming back to Canberra for the sitting weeks, The coalition don't have a majority in Parliament. They don't have control of Parliament, either the Senate or the House. So Labor had a whole range of things uh, that they could have picked in order to create as much chaos as possible to uh, try and pass bills through the Parliament that the government didn't support, make them look weak, all this kind of stuff. They had an endless plethora of choices. And they happened to choose the one thing, the one thing that made them look bad and the government look good. I just cannot get my head around this. They decided to uh, back the, um, the Karen Phelps uh, Medivac bill to uh, say that asylum seekers can come to, or to imp- increase the number of options for asylum seekers to come to Australia from Nauru and Manus Island with the sign-off of doctors. And there's all sorts of issues with that, which I think we discussed uh, last week. Uh, but the incredible thing is that that bill passed through, which gave Scott Morrison a huge opportunity to say, well, Labor's weak on borders, we're strong on borders. He reopened the Christmas Island detention centre. He went to the banisters on media press conferences and publishing media and all the rest of it because everybody knows in politics that this is not a vote, that, that strong borders is a vote winner for the government. It just is, it always has been. Uh, and the prospect of losing that is something that the public care about. And so everyone thought, well, this is a really dumb move. And if this poll is right, assuming it's going to be backed up with other polls, um, and that remains to be seen, but if it's right, um, that just shows what an unbelievable choice Labor made. I mean, their first major political misstep in a long, long time. So, And remember that now, 
what have we got next? The budget in the start of April, which is the second big thing that the coalition is strong on, the economy. And it's going to be a budget with a surplus, uh, so we're told. Uh, so that's going to be powerful. So the momentum is, well, it's just such a stunning turnaround uh, in politics in the last little while. Uh, we'll see if other polls confirm this. I, I remain a bit shocked and, and would like to see this backed up by other polls. But if it's right, wow, big turnaround. Well, it did seem to be, uh, you know, a, uh, a pre-election gift to the coalition. And I imagine that there's some other developments too when it comes to boats and such things. Uh, as I understand it, the government's reopening Christmas Island uh, so that any new boat arrivals would go to Christmas Island and not off to uh, straight to, you know, straight to Nauru or straight to Manus Island. Uh, and of course, now if there is a boat arrival, if there is a rumour of a boat arrival, uh, then the government has all sorts of ammunition to, uh, to fight an election campaign on. Oh, well, look, that would be, um, uh, if, if a boat were to arrive, say, in the month of April, uh, that would be uh, signed, sealed and delivered election of the coalition, I think. Uh, I, I remember, I'm sceptical that will happen. Uh, but, uh, hey, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, the momentum is, is all that way. And, and if it were to happen, I mean, that's why it's such a silly thing that Labor have done. Um, this, is, this is the government's strength. So, yep. That's, uh, that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> Let's talk through another very important issue. And uh, from my understanding, a Senate Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee has recommended that that very disturbing bill that was presented by Penny Wong late last year, the school discrimination bill, uh, this committee has recommended it not be passed. What's your information here? Look, this is good news, uh, and this is another thing that went really um, uh, that went really surprisingly last week in uh, Parliament. This committee came back and said that this bill shouldn't pass. And just to remind everybody, the bill was uh, one that was put forward by Penny Wong for uh, the Labor opposition, which essentially uh, changed the Sex Discrimination Act to say that any religious body uh, that engages in the provision of education uh, cannot uh, you know, basically say or do or teach or omit to teach anything that might cause detriment to somebody on the basis of their sexual orientation, gender identity. That's a lot of legal speak, which basically means if you're a Christian school or potentially if you're a church running a Sunday school or if you're a theological college uh, or if you're a higher education college with a Christian ethos or any of these groups uh, and you teach, say, biblical sexual ethics, uh, or your school runs sex education programs that uh, don't go into uh, the homosexual or gender identity stuff, um, then you are at risk of litigation, uh, serious risk. In fact, we know that there would be extensive litigation against schools and religious communities for teaching their beliefs. Um, that was one of the worst attacks on religious freedom that we've seen. Uh, and the fact that it didn't go through is a real blessing and a relief. And I have to say thanks very much to the many, many, many people who called senators uh, who sit on the cross benches and made their voice heard on this because that actually did make a crucial difference uh, in this whole business, and particularly the change of mind of uh, some of the senators from South Australia and the Centre Alliance Party. That was really significant. Uh, so thanks to them. But it's worth noting that even though the committee came back and said that the bill should not pass, which is wonderful, uh, they did. there was a dissenting report attached and the Labor and Green senators on that committee registered their dissent and said, we disagree, we think that this bill should pass. 
So they haven't actually backed away from this. It still remains part of what they want to achieve. And it's worth everybody knowing that it is a, a genuine attack on religious communities and Christian groups. And Senator Ian MacDonald quoted in the media saying that the committee is of the opinion that matters of anti-discrimination and religious freedom are too important and too complex to be dealt with in haste. So, Martin, when you say uh, thanks to all of those who responded and contacted uh, senators, contacted MPs, uh, all about this issue, this goes to show just how significant those messages have been because, yes, too complex to be dealt with in haste and really it, uh, it, it causes those MPs to slow down a little on the way that they might be forging forward with all sorts of different legislation changes. Well, that's right, because uh, one of the things that was said uh, by uh, the people who put the bill forward, uh, that Penny Wong and so forth, was that there wouldn't be significant consequences. But of course, the community concern which they encountered uh, showed that people were very concerned about the consequences. And so then they did the inquiry and they consulted widely with Christian schooling groups, with church groups, with ACL went to that inquiry, and we put forward a lot of evidence of litigation. Uh, which comes forward and which uh, which uh, has bad results uh, on le- legislation like this. And once they got all that in their hands, they they, they re- reached that conclusion. They said, "Well, this is a crazy bill because um, uh, it, it's been put together so quickly. Um, it's been put together in response to a crisis that we realise isn't real. This whole gay kids being expelled from schools crisis, people will remember, which doesn't actually happen. So they 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 had all the tools in their hands just to pause." stop and step back and that's exactly what happened Uh, but of course not out of the woods yet because this issue as i understand it has been referred to the australian law reform commission for what they call full and proper consideration so once that consideration is given uh, no doubt there'll be a report that comes from the australian law reform commission and then it'll be game on once again and uh, the challenge is not yet uh, completely finished so uh, it's 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 a matter of still watch this space martin I think it is, and I think that a lot of different issues of religious freedom like this are going to be debated heavily over the rest of this year, uh, particularly as Ruddock responses, the, the, the government legislators' response to the Ruddock review and all that kind of thing. So what I'd say to everyone is, you know, stand on guard and uh, and more phone calls, more pressure will need to be applied over the coming months. Be ready for that. Uh, Martin, another issue altogether, at least 26 babies born alive after a failed abortion left to die in Western Australia. Uh, what are your thoughts on that development there? Oh, this is really tragic, Neil. This is um, due to the good work of an upper house member in Western Australia called Nick Goyran. Uh, many over there will know of him. Uh, he was able to make this revelation that 26 babies between the years 2012 and 2017, were born alive in WA hospitals uh, and due to failed abortions or intended abortions, were simply left to die. Uh, And those babies lived for between nine minutes and two hours uh, following their birth and were simply left uh, to slowly uh, have their life ebb away. Now, this is a practice that we know takes place around the country, but this is, to my knowledge, one of the first times we've had such specific information uh, on uh, exactly what's been going on here. And, you know, uh, quite a number of these uh, babies, uh, the information shows, uh, could have lived if they were given medical intervention and medical care. Uh, now, Nick Goyran, uh, uh due to the fact that these babies' deaths 
are not do not qualify for coroner's investigations under the law. Uh, he has uh, started to pressure the parliament to try and order an investigation into the death to find out, you know, uh, what exactly went on. Um, and uh, he got a petition together of 7,000 signatures, which he put forward. But unfortunately, the health minister uh, in WA, uh, Roger Cook, said that the government is not going to review the issue because of its, uh, quote, sensitivity. Um, now, I think that's just dreadful because here are babies that would otherwise have actually lived given proper rendered proper medical help left to die of all things a humanitarian uh, crisis like that uh, actual deaths in our hospitals uh, should be investigated and should be investigated quickly so that at least uh, we can talk about this uh, and see whether or not there's something that can be done that is better i mean obviously there is i mean this comes at a time when in south australia they're, they're, they're actually lobbying to have all laws on abortion removed. So it's just the Wild West on this stuff. You can do whatever you want sort of thing. Um, so uh, these sorts of um, efforts uh, are needed to stem the tide on the abortion narr- the pro-abortion narrative and expose some of the things that really go on. But of course, uh, we can expect significant opposition every step of the way, which is what Nick Boyran has encountered. So anyone in WA, I would encourage them actually to get on Nick Boyran's website and look up that petition and see what they can do. Martin, uh, not sure whether you're aware what the laws might be, but there must be laws in Australia over this issue of infanticides, and uh, sometimes we talk about infanticide as taking the life of a baby after birth, but I would assume that when you've got these sorts of uh, babies alive, even if it was a failed abortion, uh, that they might be covered by some sort of infanticide law. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Well, exactly, and it varies from state to state, but the language of the criminal codes in different states can be very, let's say, concerning for any medical professional who might have been involved in this. And that's a big part of the reason why an inquiry could be so explosive, because it may actually be the fact that charges should be laid uh, for for what went on. And it depends on the specifics of the state. I haven't actually looked at the the WA law, but this is part of the reason why people are so keen to get progress on this, because it it could well be that criminal conduct is taking place and a blind eye is being turned to it because of the, you know, as the health minister said, the sensitivity of the issue, which is just unbelievable and so, so wrong. Um, So that's part of the reason I don't want to touch this with a barge pole, because the consequences could be very serious. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I mentioned that Franklin Graham is in Australia and uh, Brisbane's turn tonight, I might say. Uh, Melbourne, a very successful event on Saturday night. 9,000 packed the Melbourne arena. Uh, He's not the only significant name in Australia, although that's the one uh, with, you know, the preaching of the gospel, which is just such a powerful thing and uh, encouragement to listeners to support the Franklin Graham Crusades. Tonight in Brisbane, Adelaide on Wednesday night, then two nights in Sydney coming up in the weekend just ahead. There's another name that's in town though too, someone who's been making ripples all around the world, uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on these two significant conservative figures uh, in Australia at the moment? Uh, well, what... I think it's, I think it's uh, fascinating that they're both here at the same time. Uh, they're both guys who are what, preaching a message of meaning, I suppose, a purpose and all this kind of thing. Uh, and they're both uh, turning out to be absolute phenomenons in the sense that they're gathering huge crowds to come and listen. However, I think a lot of people in the general public have talked significantly about Jordan Peterson. Here's a guy who's talked, I think, in 130 cities in 12 months. 
uh, gone all around the world. But they've talked about, you know, his crowd uh, here in Australia, you know, where he got, for example, I think it was 5,500 in Melbourne, a capacity crowd. Uh, in Perth, um, uh, uh, in, uh, sorry, in, um, uh, and in Sydney last night, he got about 5,000. But, you know, you compare that with, um, with Franklin Graham, and in Melbourne, as you just said, Neil, he got 9,000 people came to hear the gospel. Uh, in Sydney, he won't have one night like Jordan Peterson. He'll have two. Uh, in Perth, he had something like 13,500 come to the Perth Arena, which is a staggering number. Um, and I'm amazed. I'm really amazed to see uh, the size of the Graham tour, um, the fact that it's not being uh, harassed or interfered with, by protesters or activists, the fact that the media are leaving it alone uh, and not saying a word about it. And yet, almost quietly, this enormous movement is taking place uh, all around the country. Um, and uh, and I, I think that's just wonderful and a cause of thanksgiving. Uh, and I'd encourage everyone to pray for the remaining night um, in uh, in Brisbane and Sydney. Well, he's packing out arenas, and uh, from all reports, hundreds or indeed thousands over the tour, uh, going forwards in those altar calls and making decisions to follow Christ. A very significant thing that's happening uh, with the Graham tour. And uh, as you say, with Jordan Peterson, although he doesn't claim to be a Christian, is a re- really major defender of Christianity. And and uh, I'll just encourage listeners too, if they get a chance to uh, expose themselves to the thoughts of Jordan Peterson, I don't think you'll be disappointed by the way that he has such a common sense and a significantly evidential-based approach to some of the major issues that are going on around the world. And if you're wondering about the Graham Tour and forgot about those venues and when he's going to be on, just check out that Graham Tour website, grahamtour.org. And we've run out of time, but always so appreciate your insights, Martin Isles. Let me point people to the website for the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, thanks so much for your update once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's always my pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.